Much. Uh, good morning, everybody. Hey, it's so good to see all of you and to be together again. And uh, as I was already shared this, uh, today, we have uh, the privilege and the opportunity to be able to hear from two of your very own, uh, two students sharing a, a testimony themed around a particular one another and how that has intersected with their lives and how they are, by God's grace, uh, experiencing and applying that within the context of uh, our own community here. And so uh, we're going to first uh, be able to hear from uh, Hannah Lakeson, who is a junior uh, philosophy major. And then secondly, uh, Joseph Von Nettescuti, who is a, se- who is a senior um, uh, engineering major. And uh, both Hannah and Joe, uh, maybe some of you uh, are already aware of this, but they serve as our two spiritual development assistants. So they come alongside myself and our spiritual formation team and help serve as a liaison between our team and you all uh, for our chapel and our spiritual development programming. So um, I know you're going to be blessed by what they're going to share um, and just the humble, uh, passionate hearts that they have for Christ. Um, I'm, I'm honored to have them as a part of our team. I'm super excited to have them share this morning. And so would you join me in praying uh, for them, and then we'll invite Hannah to come up to begin. Father in heaven, thank you so much again for this time of worship, for gathering every single person here. And Lord, thank you for how you have prepared and been moving in and through both Hannah and Joe. And as they share today, God, may your Holy Spirit work afresh in them and in us so that we collectively together can fix our eyes upon you and be further transformed into your image. We love you, God, and we thank you for this time together this morning. We continue to give it to you and to worship you. In Christ's name we pray. Everyone said, amen. So would you please join me in welcoming up Hannah. Hello. How's it going? Um, I have a confession to make, you guys. I did not put deodorant on this morning. So it's about to get sweaty up in here. <laughs> um, so like you said, I'm Hannah. I'm a junior here. I'm so glad to be here this morning. I'm just going to jump right in. So this summer, a lot of you went down with me to South Carolina through campus outreach. They have a summer program every year, and it's basically a time to evangelize, read the Bible, grow together in the Lord. And I don't know what it is about the South, you guys, but like the people down there are gorgeous, okay? And so knowing me, I go down there and like immediately develop this intense crush on one of my coworkers. It was bad, guys. It was so bad, it was intense. And so I immediately told all my friends, I was like, guys, this guy, like, he's got this huge truck. He's got the cowboy, the cowboy hat, and he loves the Lord. And they were like, oh my goodness, like, he loves the Lord. Like, go for it. Like, yes, girl, go, get him. And then I told one of my friends, and she was like, I totally get it. I've been there. You like a guy. But this is a battle for a reason, and you need to fight this because you're blocking out the voice of the Lord because you just want this thing at all costs, and you're allowing yourself to obsess over this person, and you need to fight that. I was like, okay. It's what I needed to hear, though. And it was because I had let her in on the way that I really had been like obsessing over this person in my thoughts, that she was able to see, okay, this isn't just a crush. Like Crushes are great. This is something more. This is idolatry. So I'm really grateful that she said that. But that brings me to my topic this morning, which is confession. Um, And to be honest, it's kind of a hard thing for me to talk about. Um, For one, because I feel like 
It just it scares me. I, I, I'm bad at confessing my sin. And for another thing, I, I feel like there's been a lot of hurt in the church regarding sin and the way that sin has been talked about and that like our culture around us is like hurting from the way that, that we as a church have talked about it. Um, and so my pastor reminded me this past week, Pastor Jeremy at River City, um, he said, you know, for the average Joe Schmo on the street to like confess that their sin is bad, that they sin, would be for them to say, I'm bad. And like they would feel condemned for that, which makes sense. Because like confessing sin is not something that we naturally want to do. We want to be validated for what we do. And sin, sin is wrong. Like the Bible says no to sin. Culture says yes, like more power to you. <laughs> Come on. But the Bible says no. Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin are death. That sin is the reason that we are spiritually dead. All the way back to the garden. And that it caused our separation from God and causes pain in our relationships and pain to us. But the interesting thing is that when God walked this earth as Jesus Christ, he didn't go around like telling people the law and saying like, you're condemned, you need to change this and that. But what he did focus on was the sins of the heart, like anger, jealousy, lust, and pride. And actually C.S. Lewis, this is a quote from him, according to Christian teachers like Augustine, Aquinas, the essential vice, the utmost evil, is pride. All else are mere flea bites in comparison. It was through pride that the devil became the devil. It is pride which has been the chief cause of misery in every nation and every family since the world began. Like, oof. <laughs> and that's hard to hear because when I look down in my heart, I've got a lot of pride. I need to confess to you guys, like, I think that I'm better than people. A lot of times, I think that I'm better than other people, like, for what I can do or, like, whatever. And, like, my thoughts follow that. that I think that I'm better than people. And, like, that's not okay. And that is what Jesus Christ died for. And that's the thing is that Jesus says no to our sin, but yes to us. And, like, through Jesus on the cross, God has forever separated who we are from what we do. So now our identity has been made new. And so confession, James 5.16 says, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you might be healed. Confession, um, when we're Christians and believe in Christ, it isn't about, and like, yeah, it's not an easy switch. Sometimes God heals us in an instant. He can do that. He can heal us from anything, from physical things, from spiritual things. He can heal us. But sometimes it's a longer fight. Um, but one of, the, one of the most powerful things anyone has ever said to me and brought freedom to my life was my freshman year. Uh, it, it was my mentor. She was just like the dearest friend and mentor. And she said to me, Hannah, for the past few years, I've been struggling with masturbation. And I was like shocked. Like I almost started crying because I had never heard that word come out of a Christian's mouth before. And I was just shocked that she would be like that vulnerable with me and confess this, this like deep sin. 
And because she said that to me, I was able to share with her the sexual sin that I had been struggling with for years and bring it into the light, to bring it into the road of like healing from the shame that I had been feeling about it for years. And that I was, I was separated from God because I felt so much shame over what I was doing. Um, and there was a while there that I, was, that I was, when I was struggling with it, like, oh, this isn't sin. Like, this is, this is good, this is actually a good thing. Um, but I, I came to the conclusion, no, this is sin. And I think a better way to think of it than like, oh, is this a sin, is this not a sin? Is God mad at me? Like, no, he's not mad at you for anything you do that, that was poured out on Jesus. But a better way of thinking of it is like, is this good? Does this bring life? Is this what God has said is good or what God has said is, is destructive? Because um, the word confess, according to Blue Letter Bible, the lexicon, which is a great resource, um, that word in James 5.16 means to acknowledge, to acknowledge what is true, and even to agree. That's what confession is. It's simply agreeing with the truth. And guys, like, are we going to agree with God? Like, he is our creator, he is our Lord. None of us chose to be born. None of us chose to be alive and have consciousness. He gave us our very breath. He gave us the talents that we use to do anything. And so, like, our lives are completely from the Lord. He's our Lord and our God. Are we going to agree with that God? Are we gonna say, no, I think I know what's right. I think, I think you know, I'm, I'm doing good, you know? And we need to agree with God on two things. The first is we have to agree with him about our sin, that our sin is not okay, that that's what, what killed us spiritually, and that that's what killed our Lord Jesus Christ. So it's serious, we can't just like ignore it in our lives. And the second thing, it's like, if that's true, if, if that would cause my death, like how can I like say the worst thing about me and like confess what I've done? That's the second thing we need to agree with God on is our identity and who we are now. Because he has made us new. We are new creations, the old is gone. We are completely new creations in the Lord Jesus Christ. Dr. Wise, who is my favorite professor here, um, he has this amazing theology that we are not sinners saved by grace. That's not who we are. Because Jesus has made us a new creation, we are saints who still sin. The focus is on the identity. Everything that Christ has, we have, because he's given it to us. He's given us his righteousness. Sin in the Christian life is one of the hardest things to struggle with. And it just, there's so much shame around it. Because the devil, like, he wants to squash us down and say, you did that, how could God love you? How could anyone love you? How could you be in a relationship with anyone? That's what he says to us because we have so much power in the Lord Jesus Christ that he doesn't want us to go out and use it and bring the kingdom of God to this school and to this city. And so he's like, I'm just gonna keep you there, squashed in shame about what you've done. Because in a way, that's what used to be true. Is, is this lie, that our sin has won, we should die. But no, when we're faced with our sin, we need to confess it and, it, and say, yeah, it's true, like I sinned, I have this, this pride. 
and then we need to cling to our identity that he's made us new and just have faith in that identity. And God has given us the tool of confession and confessing to one another, which Justin reminded me is actually a spiritual discipline. And one of my friends has like accountability meetings with his friends, which I think is so cool um, because it's, like, it's a spiritual discipline that we have to keep doing. If we want to be the body of Christ that is actually different, it, it starts with us as individuals of confessing our sin and then walking forward in the power of the Holy Spirit. God has given us his spirit so we don't focus on our sin and you know, stay in shame, but so we walk forward in the spirit of God and his power to love each other. That's what the Christian life is. It's not trying to sin less. That's another thing from Dr. Wise. Don't try to sin less. Walk forward in love. He's saved you, he's loved you. Walk forward in that. So now Joe's gonna come up and share about how we've been cleansed by the Lord and how we can help to cleanse each other and that's actually an act of love. Good morning, Northwestern. I'm Joe. The Lord is surely good and I will rejoice. I have been called his servant, his son, his friend. My life is full in Christ and I'm thankful for my Bible, the Word, which has helped me grow so much in Christ. So our theme of confession of your sins and of washing one another's feet this morning, it's difficult to do. There's shame in your sin, and, but when you confess your sin, it puts your sin nature in its place. We're called to die to ourselves, crucifying the flesh and being raised with Christ into life, bearing with one another and so fulfilling the law of Christ. This is washing one another's feet. So, when I was younger, uh, when we would fight with my, my siblings over little things, like really little, and we'd co complain to my mom, like, you'd never believe what Matthew or David did, and then she'd be like, just let it go, I'll water off a duck's back, and in my heart I didn't want to forgive. But water off a duck's back, there's something about that that just is too light. I didn't want to just let it go. I wanted it to be dealt with. I wanted time and care to be put into the act of making right what I knew to be wrong. And I, I wanted my feet washed. I wanted my brother's feet washed, but I didn't know uh, how to forgive. So maybe better than water for ducks back is Christ has made the payment. The payment's been made. I can forgive. I have been forgiven much. Let, let me forgive much. Verse 14, if then your teacher and Lord wash your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. A few themes in foot washing is that Christ, the highest, a member of the Trinity, that we are called his servants, a member of the Trinity, he, in this manner, loves whom he has chosen. And I'm going to read from Philippians 2, 7. But he emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and has bestowed on him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord 
to the glory of God the Father. So by faith, you are clean, but you need your feet washed. It's necessary. The frequent washing by our Lord. There's a need to be refreshed in his love, frequently restored in faith. Remembering the removal of our sins. They are no more. There's fear that surrounds sin. Will, will I be found out if I confess, if I re- reveal my sin to others, if we readily admit the fact that we are sinful? That is good, but how much harder it is to reveal the shame. We walk around with dirty feet as Christians and long to be fully cleansed. So before I read John 13, in this passage, Jesus has already been with his disciples this whole time, and they know who he is. Jesus has told his disciples that the Son of Man must suffer, and that this very night he was going to be betrayed. He knows his hour has come, and he is going to the Father. He knows that he's going to be exalted, but he washes their feet. John 13. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put into the heart of Judas, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that Father, that the Father had given him all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper, he laid aside his outer garments, and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet, wiped them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, If I do not wash your feet, you have no share with me. So then Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said to him, The one who has been bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean, and you are clean, but not every one of you, for he knew who was to betray him. And that was why he said, not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If then your Lord and teacher has washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do as I have done. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. So Jesus knows his position. We see in verse three of this chapter, Jesus knowing that the Father had given him all things into his hands. Another thing, Jesus knows his betrayer is among him, but yet he's washing their feet. He said, not every one of you is clean. He knew that Judas was there and he would call him out soon after. But Jesus' focus is on the spiritual cleansing of his disciples whom he had chosen. And Peter, this is one of my favorite parts of this text, is that knowing earlier in stories, Peter had said, you are the Christ. So Peter, knowing that he is the Christ, had called him teacher. And so he rightly found an issue with Jesus kneeling down before him to wash his feet. 
He said, Lord, why do you wash my feet? Jesus said, what I am doing, you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. You shall never wash my feet. But Jesus said, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. So Peter quickly, still not fully understanding, but his heart was, I so want to share with you. So he said, wash all of me, wash my head and my hands as well, not just my feet. But the one who is bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, not every one of you. So what is emphasized here is Jesus' humility. He is the greatest. He endured the most. The next day he was going to be turned over to Pontius Pilate and the Romans and be crucified, and yet he washes his disciples' feet. This depth of love he demonstrates here and even more so in his crucifixion the next day. Greater love has no one than this than someone lay down his life for his friends. And he calls us friends for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but he calls us friends. He has chosen us. We are bond servants of Christ. We are not greater than him, yet he washes our feet. Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If then I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. A servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. We are the messengers of Christ, and we're not greater than Christ. He's clarifying that Jesus is saying, I'm, I am greater than you. You know that I am your teacher, but yet I wash your feet. How could we be exempt from serving one another in the same way? So this deep love, Jesus has given us a new commandment in the same chapter. After Judas leaves, he says, by all this, people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. But we say sometimes when we see grievances or differences, disagreements, we say, let him wash his own feet. We like to think that they are so stained. We throw the dirty water back on them. <laughs> we make them unclean in our minds, but rather we're supposed to regard no one according to the flesh. Feet are what we stand on. Our sins easily entangle us, but he plucks us from the net. When people stand on other things, other than Christ, part of this washing of the feet is focusing them back on Christ because he is the only one who can really cleanse. We cannot cleanse on our own. We point them back to Christ. The sin easily entangles us, but he plucks our feet from the net. Do this in a manner worthy of your call, laying down your life for your friends, encouraging, restoring, praying with and for them, and letting the Spirit dwell in you richly. And then verse 17, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Wash one another's feet. Let's pray together. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for all that you have done for us. You've come from on high to be born as a servant, to serve, to unify, bring back, reconcile God to us, reconcile our sin to pay for it, to bring the punishment on Christ instead of on us. Lord, we thank you so much for that, that you would be 
so humble as to do that. So we thank you for all that you have done for us and all that you continue to do in our lives with our daily walk in sin, that you are faithful and just to cleanse us and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we confess our sins to one another, we will be healed in praying for one another. So God, as we go today, help us as we tear through our schoolwork and go to classes and interact with one another that we would glorify you in it all and remember what you've done for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.